Hello, and welcome to The Worst Best Sellers, where we revisit books with queer content so straights don't have to. Uh, so this is Kate, and for this go-round, I've got Ren back, uh, who has been with us for the queer Men Are From Mars, and also another one, right? Uh, yeah, I did um, Helen Gurley Brown with you. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, God, yes. How can uh, we forget? You can... <laughs> no matter how hard I tried. Uh, <laughs> you can also hear Ren on our regular episode about Zach Bagan's book, which I can't remember the name of right now, but it is... Uh, consistently one of our most popular episodes for whatever reason, probably because of Ren's sparkling uh, analysis of <laughs> that nonsense. But <laughs> well, thank you again for letting me be a guest on that was my first time on the podcast. Um, and I, I read your article and you said that was one of your your best, like most popular episodes. And I was like, it's delightful. Everyone needs to hear about the dark world with Zach Bates. <laughs> the content I crave. <laughs> Uh, so Ren is with us today to delve into my uh, monkey's paw dream book come true murder games <laughs> slash instinct by James Patterson, which I, I said several times during uh, recording with the guys from I don't even own a television that like there was so much queer stuff that I just wasn't going to get into because I would just go on for four hours. Oh my god, and- so true. <laughs> <laughs> so I briefly mentioned some of it, and then I was like, you know what, I, I need to bring someone else in so that we can just talk about this book that is so clearly written by straight people. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, where to begin? <laughs> I mean, I, I think Jay or Collision said it in our, our base episode about this book, which was that like it's like they forgot that Dylan was gay for large portions of the book. And then we're like, oh, wait, he has a husband. (laughs) Also, he was gay. (laughs) Which is very true. Like, I think a thing that that I know that I say a lot um, when I'm talking about the sort of queer narratives that I want is that I want books where it doesn't matter that the person is gay, that it's not, not that it doesn't matter, but that Mm -hmm. being gay isn't the or being queer in general isn't the 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 main thrust of the book it is just some background radiation but there i think there's a difference between <laughs> um deliberately writing a queer character who just happens to be in a mystery novel and writing a character in a mystery novel and then every 56 pages putting in oh by the way he's gay right um, I mean, I think that that's, I mean, I say that a lot too, with what I want in queer stories. Um, and I feel like it's fine if straight people want to write queer people. I think that they just have to understand that if they write from the perspective in a, of an identity that isn't theirs without a lot of research, um, and a lot of probably handholding from, from like queer <laughs> readers, um, who are willing to like pick apart their narrative and give them advice. There's a 99.9% chance that the character is just going to read like as flat as a pancake <laughs> to anybody who's, um, actually sharing that ident- identity. Like this is, he's just so inauthentically gay. <laughs> like it really is like my gay is pasted on gay to like, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> to like go, like go old school, like internet meme. Um, that's how I felt about it. And, um, I went and I watched actually after I read the book, I went, I had never seen the show because I think I, I also was off the internet when instinct got really popular. Um, 
<laughs> and um, so I hadn't seen it. I love Alan Cumming. So I went and watched it, and it, it's so amazing, just the nuance that an actual queer person playing a queer role brings to this. <laughs> you know, like, it, it just, there's, yeah. he's a living, you know, and it's not just because of the medium. It really isn't. It's not just because it's television. It's because there's an actual queer person embodying a queer role. Um, there's nuance that people miss. Uh, it's just. And there's, there's very much like, there are things that happen in the show that like are just so hashtag relatable as a queer person. <laughs> and I'm specifically thinking of the scene. I don't, did you watch the whole thing or just a couple episodes? I'm only two and a half episodes in at this point. So I'm not sure if you got to this scene or not yet, because I can't remember when it happens, but someone at the police department is throwing a barbecue and he's inviting Dylan and he's like, oh, yeah, like, you should come and bring your, you know, your, you know, your, your guy. You could just, you know, bring your, your guy with you. And Dylan's just like, my husband. Ooh, that guy that I'm literally married to. Oh, my God. That's so relatable, though. Like, they try so hard. I mean, then I, I you just have to laugh. Like, it's not that that at least was not malicious. They just don't know what to do sometimes. And it was, um, yeah, I think that this book is just a lot of James Patterson, a straight man, did not know what to do um, (laughs) with either Dylan Reinhart or Tracy McKay. And I just kept thinking, and I, I think we both share this, this opinion, like, I don't necessarily want sad queer stories that just like, meditate on sadness that comes from queerness. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of shitty stuff that happens in the world. And I navigate that world. And when I go to read queer stories, I don't necessarily want to just read sad queer stories. I want happy gay people too. Um, however, <clears throat> I think if you're going to have a guy who like maybe was in the CIA during Don't Ask, Don't Tell, I feel like that does like speak to how the character like developed maybe a little bit, just a little bit, just, just a little bit. Um, like, yeah. I, you know, it's just, it's stuff like that. I think that like straight people don't even think about that. They don't think about the, the world and the landscape of like legal regulations that control our lives. And in a lot of ways, I think shape our personalities um, because it speaks to the way that we have to navigate the world. And I was just that, that whole bit. I don't know how you felt about the bit in the book <laughs> where they're trying to adopt the kid. First of all, first of all, you know what? Can we just get into the fact that they had that whole air quotes fake out chapter where, oh, it's Tracy. Is Tracy a man or a woman? Like, Tracy's obviously a fucking man. Like, <laughs> And there's no pronouns or anything in that whole first chapter where we're introduced to Tracy. And then just so, and, and the reason it's like that is just so we can get that shitty moment where that lady shows up and is homophobic at them. Like, come on. <laughs> and I think, like, I, I feel like, because the show does a very similar thing, because this is in the first episode, so I know you saw this, a similar thing that I think works much better, which is in the show, Dylan's husband is named Andy, and mm-hmm. there's a scene where Elizabeth is dro- dropping Dylan off and says, like, oh, like, which one is Andy? I'd like to meet her. Mm-hmm. And Dylan says, like, oh, it's the one who's, like, six foot tall and a man. <laughs> and she, like, has, like, a moment of being flustered, but I think that that the fact that Andy can be a gender neutral name, but is much more frequently a male name. Mm -hmm. The fact that she is making that stretch to be like, oh, well, like, obviously I live in a heterosexual world. So obviously his partner is a woman Mm -hmm. is much 
it is a much more interesting and much better commentary on what that moment wants to be than giving Tracy in the book a deliberately generally feminine name just so you can have that fake out right and i mean i just i felt like it was a really cheap fake out to be honest and it didn't need to have you didn't need to do that and i mean it works so much better in the show like for all of the reasons you said and i mean i think also um like it lets Dylan get a little bit of his own because he, he kind of scores a point off Elizabeth, which, which is kind of nice because um, he's like, yes. you can deduce all of these incredible things about the the murderers that we're trying to catch, but you can't figure out that I'm gay. <laughs> like, just like, just like, look at me. <laughs> like, hello. <laughs> um, <laughs> look at my whole situation with the tweed and the scarf and the hair and my general, like everything. And you can't really, really though. Um, and that was really, that was nice. Cause it wasn't, he wasn't mean spirited about it. Although I felt like he had a right to be, but like he, he was, you know, he was chill. It was just like, and then she just kind of laughed it off. She was wasn't weird about it she wasn't weirdly fragile about it and it was fine and we didn't have to deal with this whole uh, I'm not I okay I uh, I don't know how I don't know how to talk about the adoption thing I guess like for me it was weird not because homophobia doesn't exist like in fact like I have very dear um gay guy friends who are actually going through this right now and we live in a part of the country where it is incredibly difficult to adopt a kid if you're gay um it's really hard to find an adoption agency that wants to work with you so that's like a reality that my friends are navigating right now and um it was weird to read that and think tracy is an attorney and tracy and dylan live in this like they (laughs) have I don't know, maybe, maybe this is my anxiety and not my anxiety as a queer person, but just my general anxiety. And sometimes this is hard. Those are hard to separate. Um, I obsessively Google people. Like when we got married, like I stalked people on Facebook and we got married like right after the Obergefell decision. Um, so it was really easy to tell if, if businesses were run by homophobic people, because if they weren't, and they were in the wedding industry, a lot of people were posting like, yes, we serve queer clients, like love is love and all of this stuff on their Facebook page. So it was a great time to get married because I was like, yes, and, um, <laughs> and this is so easy to research. But like I research people and I just can't, I find it really hard to believe that like Tracy and Dylan had not done the queer thing of like sitting down and being like, is this, is this a legit adoption agency? Are these people cool? And I don't know. That just seemed a little, because I take those extra steps when it's about stuff that's that important to me. Like, I don't research, like, I don't know, like, I don't go, I don't know. I I don't, just to navigate the world generally, I don't do that for, like, the gas station that I'm going to around the corner. But for stuff that's so fundamental as, like, forming my family, like, I have researched the fuck out of that shit. Like, I did not roll up to your adoption agency uncertain as to whether or not you wanted to serve my kind. Like... (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, that's, I don't know. Yeah, no, absolutely. It absolutely felt that way. And it felt like, even on a more basic level, like, absolutely, it would have made sense that they would have made sure, like, even, especially in New York, I almost Mm -hmm. feel like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Like, because I feel like, especially in New York, if if there was a an adoption agency that very specifically was like, there are people here who do not like queer people, like, that would be very 
obvious because I feel like, and correct me if I'm wrong, I've always lived in the Northeast. I feel like Northeast queers get especially up in arms because we expect people to be more accepting yes. in certain places. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, I mean, because, well, I mean, navigate, like, growing up in the Bible Belt is a lot different. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, I, I, you know, there are, there are cues that I look for when I am interacting with new people because I, I grew up in, in that, like, you know, deeply like Christian fundamentalist religious culture. Like I was raised that way. And so I, there are things that I look for in people that will signal to me that this person is safe or not safe. Yeah. And, and I feel like there's less of a calculus, not that the calculus doesn't exist, in the Northeast, but like, I just, it also, because I have to do that and because I have to look for all those cues, like, I feel like I am a little bit less demanding than, you know, cause I, I don't, yeah I don't know. I, I want people to change, but at the same time I want to be safe. And that's a decision that I have to balance and make for myself. And I feel like there's less of it for Northeast queers. Yeah, no, I would 100% <laughs> agree. But even beyond that, like it is still, I 100% cannot believe that this woman who came to their house did not look at a single piece of paper right? that had their genders listed or anything else about them, any background information. Like, I don't know a ton about, like, social services for adoption, but I, I do have an aunt who went through the foster system, and I know that they do, like, deep dives into your life, and I can't imagine this woman just showed up one day and was like, well, all I have is two names written on a piece of paper, and that's all I know and all I have to go for. Like, it, right? it just doesn't make any, like, if your adoption agency is that shoddy about background <laughs> checks? Like, maybe you don't want to use them for that reason before you even get to the homophobia. Right. I, I mean, I just, I can't, I, there's so much going on. Um, just so much going on in that particular yeah. scene. It's just, it's very, there's, it's just very straight. It's very written by a straight person. It's very written by a person who's like, I, these are the things that I know from pop culture about homophobia. Like, not even these are the things I know from my gay friends about homophobia. These are the things I know from, like, watching some, some gay movies and some gay <laughs> subplots on sitcoms about homophobia. And I'm going to fold them into this book in between all these action-adventure right. scenes. <laughs> like, gay people, gay people, like, uh, they, they have trouble adopting, right? Okay, we'll put that in there. <laughs> like, that's a thing. Yeah, that's a thing, like... Uh, gay people, gay people, sometimes their parents aren't cool, right? So we'll just add this one shitty throwaway comment from his dad. But then we'll throw a twist in and we'll make a big deal about the fact that the other one's parents really love that he's gay. <laughs> that made no Shocker. sense. Shocker. <laughs> made no sense to me. I was just like, okay, cool. Like, <laughs> what am I supposed to do with this information? Like, how does this even, I don't even understand how that made sense. So it didn't make any sense at all. Um... <laughs> I like Andy a lot better in the show, just from the two episodes that I've seen, um, than I like Tracy. And I wanted to like Tracy. I think that was what was a little frustrating for me. I know you called this your monkey's paw book. Um, <laughs> I, I really wanted to like these people because I, I feel really strongly that like representation means that like queer people get to appear also in books that aren't so great. <laughs> 
and just like <laughs> just be CIA action heroes who are like on a hunting trip with their dad and suddenly these two weirdos come out of nowhere. <laughs> it was so ridiculous. <laughs> <I'm just> like, <laughs> and never referenced again. Never it happens and that's it. Know, <laughs> we're just, never gonna talk about it again. We're never gonna talk about like you what what? <laughs> I knew, and I knew, like, I knew it was supposed to be this whole big thing because they made such a big deal out of it the whole book, like, dropping these little hints about, like, oh, what is it that Elizabeth knows? What is it? What is it that she knows? Like, all these things, like, okay. (laughs) He's he's secretly CIA. This is the way he's been trained. Um, And I, that's the other thing, too. And not, again, not that I want to dwell on sad queer things, but, like, if two weird dudes with guns came up to me and my dad on a trip while we were in the woods, like, I don't know. I just, I feel like I have queer feelings about that as well. Um, Because there's a, there's a layer of the world that I think maybe straight people just don't see. And it's absent in that scene. Like, it's, it's an extra layer of danger. Yeah. And it's not there. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. And I, I feel like part of it is because, and I think I talked about this a little bit in the, the main episode we d- did about this book, but the authors really seem to push this, like, not like other queers agenda real hard with both Tracy to a lesser degree, but definitely Dylan. Like, Dylan isn't like regular gay people. He likes jeans and t-shirts and he rides a motorcycle and he's like good at guns and like all this other stuff. I hate to break it to them, but like, that is exactly the level of extra that many queers aspire to. So, good good job trying to be like, not all gays. However... (laughs) like there's this even with tracy there's like really this push that he's like oh like you know sure he's like an out-of-work actor but also he was a star lacrosse player and he was this and he was that and he was all these super unfeminine things because he's a manly man who just happens to also like making out with other men like it's very and i i feel as if that like toughness that like oh like they don't have Dylan doesn't have worries like that because he's like a CIA queer so he wouldn't (laughs) be worried about strange men with guns in a totally deserted area like it's it's just this like well if we make it's almost like and this is kind of opposite of what I said at the start of this but like it's almost as if they were like, well, if we make them straight enough, we don't have to worry about thinking too hard about the fact that they're gay. Like, not in right. even necessarily a homophobic way, <laughs> right. but in, like, a writing way. You know, like, we don't have to think too hard about how a, a, a gay person would react to yeah. this if we just make them super straight. You know, that's a really good point, and I think that's what, what I was struggling to articulate, but honestly, I think this is the I don't see color of writing gay people. Yes. Um, like, <laughs> like, that's what this is that's what this this was for me and it's so weird to encounter that in a, in anything because all i do is just read gay stuff and like done by gay people or like done so well by uh, by the rare straight person who can do it that i don't really even like you kind of notice but it's like oh okay that's fine um but this was just like i remember and that was one of the weird things to me like when i when i was growing up i i, I definitely went through this this phase early on in my like engagement with my queerness and I've like run so far in the other direction now that I don't I barely even remember it but I remember what it was like to 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 be like 
we're just like everybody else and have to push that narrative just to feel like you could be accepted. But that's not, I, and I'm in my older queerness, like that's not true. We're not. And that's okay. That's cool. Like that's that it's, it's fine to be different and it's fine to have like something that's not, you don't have to fit into a heteronormative mold, you know, like that's fine. And, and I feel like this book was very much like a very young, a very young me would have read this and been like, yes, we're just like, we're, we're, we're fucking not. And that's what's so cool about it. Like, <laughs> um, and I, I, I get that, like, I get that impulse from, from people who are just trying to survive. Um, but I don't necessarily get it from, <laughs> from authors who are writing a book about CIA queers. Um, it did make me yeah. really, <laughs> it did make me really want to write a, write a gay action hero book though, like really badly. Like I really want to write one now. <laughs> Please do. Please do. <laughs> it was just like, maybe, I... I've been really struggling with my writing lately. And I was like, maybe this is my fucking calling. Like, maybe this is what I needed to do. I need to write just like action formula books that are just like, so gay. So gay. Just, <laughs> I, I really, I think I want to do that now. <laughs> I mean, I, I am here for that. I am here to support you in that. I am here to beta read for you and give you ideas because it's like, all I want to read is dumb, like mystery thrillers, but like with gay people and also horror, everything. I just want to read everything with gay people. I want to read YA horror with gay people. I want to read dumb, cozy mysteries with gay people. I want to read dumb suspense thrillers with gay people. Like... Just, just let, just let gay people be gay, please. (laughs) And let us have these dumb books where like we solve crimes or we figure out who the ghosts are or (laughs) we are trapped on an island and need to solve the mystery while all of our friends are being killed slowly one by one. Like, just give it to us, please. I mean, I, I would, I would love it so much if like, there was just a book about ghost hunters and it was like there were there were queer people in the ghost hunters group so they were actually able to like figure out the like ghost mystery where all these straight ghost hunters had not been able to do that before because they were gay and the ghost was gay and the ghost was just like yeah like fucking all what the fuck with all these fucking straight people (laughs) like that would be amazing (laughs) like that would be incredible living and unliving gay solidarity (laughs) right like, like the ghost would just be like, "Oh my god!" Like, um, finally, I've been waiting for so long for someone to talk to me on my level. Um, <laughs> I would be really good. Oh man, I do, I do though. Yeah, but really, that's that's yeah. Thank you for thank you for saying that because that was what I was really kind of struggling. I think to put my finger on in in the writing of this book, just the yeah this. <laughs> Just like straight people. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Not though. Yeah. And it's, um, so it's one of the, there's like a lot of, I mean, and I feel like there's always been like this sort of like discussion in, um, especially like the, the YA book sphere, because that is what I have the most uh, experience with seeing and dealing with about how, like, if before you say like, oh, like this trope is overplayed like spend five minutes thinking about if that particular type of protagonist has a lot of narratives written with that trope. Mm -hmm. Like 
yes, like, all of these tropes are overplayed and easily dismissed, but, like, I would kill for any of them to just have queer people in them. Absolutely. Any of them. And and for them to be written by queer people because they are going to be written differently by queer people than they yes. ever would by, by a straight person. That's just, that's just true. Um, like, there's, there's so much in this book that I would, that I would do differently. And... And that doesn't, yeah, I mean, I just, I'm always a big fan of, like, more stories than less. And, like, no, these tropes aren't tired. Not everybody's gotten to, like, play with them yet. So you can move on if you want to, straight people, I guess. I don't know what you're moving on to. I feel like, (laughs) (laughs) I don't don't know. Um, But, yeah, I I think this this could be really cool. And I really do want to write, like, just an ass-kicking queer, like, book series now. I was reading this on a plane and I was like, oh man, like, I wish, I wish I had, <laughs> I wish I felt like not cheap and I would spring for the Wi-Fi and just start writing. Like, I need a Google document. <laughs> like, I got notes to write. Because <laughs> how cool would it be if we had a book like this that was written by queer people that was just like about this ass-kicking CIA guy um, who just wants to come home to his family <laughs> like and his sweet husband and his baby. <laughs> like, I would love that. I would absolutely love that. I would. I would I mean, buy. I'm there for it. Right, like I would buy a million copies of that if it was actually like, oh, that would be so good. Yeah, and it's just like because even like I have been. I went through this thing recently where I was looking for basically like any horror novel with queer people front and center. And I was having so much trouble trying to find, like, I, I feel like there are people in the romance sphere who are doing really good work writing queer people. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, like, when I search for queer horror novels, what comes up is these queer paranormal romance novels, which is uh, not mm. what I want. You know, like, I have, I've seen queer, I guess, like, thriller romance where I always say that like my my preferred ratio is like 70% action or horror or mystery to about 30% romance Mm -hmm. and I've come across ones that are more like 70 to 80% romance and sex to 20 to 30% actual mystery solving which is not what I want like they're two very different things which I'm only throwing out there because at least one person emailed me after the episode about this came up and and suggested and I did talk to this person over email about this but um and suggested a series that they really liked they were like oh like this is a good like mystery series with queer people but it is like 70 to 80 percent romance which is fine like I'm I'm very happy that that there are some really strong voices out there writing queer romances and that that part of the community is if not thriving at least doing better than a lot of the other you know fiction queer fiction yeah offshoots i think i think that was the thing that i got reading this i didn't and i didn't even i didn't even thought about it in a long but this is this is what i want because i read so many of these kinds of books growing up um and i i love a good like action or like horror like i love those things they're amazing and i i realized i had never seen one with gay people and then i got one and i was like but not this one though (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like a, a different one. So if anyone is listening and they have like recommendations for like um, this, but actually gay, um, <laughs> I would I would love to read those. And if not, I'll just write them because I I really I I just I feel the spirit moving, and I just really want to be this queer voice for action now. Um, <laughs> uh. I will I will give I guess I guess a little bit of a. Uh, a nod I, to the part 
where, um, so there's, they do the adoption thing and the lady shows up and she's like, oh, and then that's contrasted against that scene where like, uh, Miss Winston and her son who are there solely to be plot devices, which is really unfortunate. Like, come on, man, write better books. Um, <laughs> I mean, also they're there so that Dylan can show off that he knows things about hip hop that other white people might oh, not. Also true. That was, uh, that was so cringy. It was just like, Oh, let's not do a <laughs> no. not all white people thing in the middle of this gay book. Like, <laughs> let's not do that. Like also I will just say, I will say this for like, uh, Dylan Dylan's a jerk (laughs) in the book yeah (laughs) like he's a super dick like the first like um the first page of it um where he's like teaching class and the girl like raises her hand to ask a question (laughs) and he's like oh she's trying to flirt with me she obviously didn't do her research on me it's like I I will give James Patterson this much. Like I've met that gay guy and I don't hang out with that gay guy because he's a shitty person. (laughs) Like it has nothing to do with him being gay. He's just shitty. Um, But like, I was just, I was, I just remember being so mad because like here they are at Yale, this institution of higher learning. And the very first thing that he does in class is like shut down this girl's intellectual curiosity for daring to ask a question. I was like, okay, (laughs) cool. It was, and that, I, I remember now, that was the thing that I wanted to let, talk about, not to continue to make this all about how the TV show is better, but However. I, I think that, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that um, in putting, I, I can only assume that there are like, clearly Alan Cumming is show running, is one of the, the executive producers on this. He's not show running it, but he's one of the executive producers and he is queer. There have to be some queer people in the writer's room because so many of the things come across as so authentic. Yes. Or it's not queer people, people who have done their research. And I think that in populating the writer's room with different voices, Dylan becomes a much more likable character. Like he's still mm-hmm. slightly insufferable mm-hmm. and still has like some of the qualities that you would have if you were this like mastermind CIA <laughs> prodigy who, you know, lived that life and is now like a an award-winning author and professor. Like he still has those insufferable qualities, but he's very human and personable and funny and kind in a way that he isn't in the book. And I do think it is because the writers were like, whoa, we got to step back from this not like other gay <laughs> shit. Like we got to make him. A pr- and part of it too, is just that Alan Cumming is very charming. And yeah. if you give certain lines to Alan Cumming and he performs them, you're like, oh, like that's charming as opposed to like, oh, that guy's a dick. Yeah. Oh, he's, but they do. I, I love him so much. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> this is not an Alan Cumming like love fest. They do, like, such a better job making all of these characters, but Dylan in particular, like, much more well-rounded. And I can only imagine it's because that they are not afraid to lean into the queerness instead of uh, James Patterson and Howard Ruffman's tendency to step back from the queerness in order to make him relatable like the opposite is actually true yeah and it's just like i don't i don't know what people think um i mean yes yes like i I, i'm gonna sound like i'm contradicting myself where i said earlier like the the cool thing about being queer is the difference and like we don't have we can embrace that difference and we don't have to worry about like heteronormativity and fitting in blah 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 that said 
there are elements of our lives that are perfectly relatable to other people. And just because like other people who are straight are not going to get like the entire nuance of it doesn't mean that they can't be relatable. And I think a good example of that is um, where I just stopped watching the show. His father just showed up in the show. Um, Like I just watched that scene where his dad shows up and it was such a, a lovely contrast to what I feel happens in the book. Cause in the book, like um, we get this little hint about like when he came out and his dad was like, are you sure? Which is a really shitty thing to say to your kids. Don't do that. Um, and I feel like then he goes hunting with his dad and there's a little bit of tension and his dad like refuses to acknowledge that he's married to Tracy and that's all really awkward. But then he's just like super chill with his dad and it's all fine. And, and like, I, there's, there's no sense really of that, tension that still exists in that relationship even though he's they're still trying to have this relationship but it's always going to be tense um like he beats those two guys up and shows this display of like manliness and all of a sudden it's fine and his dad tosses him a a milky way and like we're just cool now we're gonna forget about like two pages ago where his dad was like oh do you want to bring that guy to dinner or whatever he says and he's like, do you mean my husband, Tracy? Like, that's a shitty thing to connect, like, you're, to your grown-ass son who has been married for a while now and you're and is trying to adopt a kid with his husband. Like, this is a serious relationship. Like, fucking acknowledge it. But in the show, you have, like, and, and I'm part of this is probably because it's a visual medium a little bit, but, like, you can feel that tension in the scene. Like, and, and even though in the show they changed it and uh, his father openly acknowledges that he's married to Andy and he's like, let me take you and Andrew to dinner. Like, that's what he says, but there's still a tension there. And I appreciated that. Like, I liked the way that I, and I, I feel like it's probably, I don't, I haven't watched the rest of the episode, so I don't know if they kept the weird homophobia from his dad or if they're changing that narrative a little bit. And maybe it's, that's not quite the reason that he and his dad have this sort of tense relationship, but I still, I still appreciated that it was leaning into the, the queerness. <laughs> um, or at least that's how I felt as opposed to like reading that scene where it was just like, Oh, here's some queer shit, but we're going to back off of this because he's been a super manly man and defeated these two guys with a CIA training. And now he gets a Milky Way from his dad. Hooray. Homophobia solved. <laughs> I will say that one of my favorite scenes, the scene where they actually do go out to dinner with his dad is maybe one of my favorite scenes in the show. And I just love Andy so much. Andy's very good. Um, and I, that's the other nice thing. Um, I mean, they, it was just sort of like, we never really saw them together very much. Like we do see him, we see him being sweet and like bringing the, um, the barbecue or whatever to, to Tracy's office in the book. That was nice. But it was, also, I don't know. They just have little married moments in the show. Like when Andy's trying to, um, unload the cooler by himself. And it was just such a lovely, like married people, little thing. It was like, well, what, where is everybody else? And why are you doing this yourself? And he's like, well, I wanted to, I wanted to save time and money. And he just like <laughs> looks at him like, are you fucking really fucking first year? Like that's such a married people thing. That was really nice to see. Um, like I don't, I dear straight people. If you're writing about queer people, you can put those moments in your books. We do that too. <laughs> like, um, and we're gay the when we do that, it, like, but we do it. <laughs> the thing that really still sticks with me every time I rewatch the show is all of the, like, moments of very casual affection between them where they'll just, like, walk by each other and, like, touch his shoulder or, like, you know, kiss on the cheek or whatever and it's not a big deal and there's not, like, all of this crazy attention because I sometimes feel like anytime we do see queer people, 
in media, it is like a very big deal every time they kiss. Like it is yes. made to be like, look, we're making gay people kiss. Like <laughs> we're so progressive. Look at it. We had the music swelling. And it was just like so nice to watch these two people in a relationship just do casual relationship things and like get mad at each other sometimes and like, you know, apologize and do sweet little things for each other and like banter and just be married as like the c plot yeah it's just just normal normal married stuff not um and not overly sexualized either because i feel like that's the other direction media takes it like and i i see this debate pop up on my internet every once in a while like how um anytime queer people are kissing or or in a book or on screen or whatever like oh that's so sexual can we show that like that's so um that's r-rated or whatever and it's just like let's fucking stupid just because they're gay people like that doesn't make it like extra you know i mean and and so it was nice for them to just like have these little like touches and moments where it was just like yeah just normal just normal stuff normal people stuff yeah and that doesn't really not not really in the book (laughs) absent from the book (laughs) thank you alan cumming for making this a better piece of media (laughs) legit um so I think I think we should probably wrap it up. We've yeah. gone a little longer than I intended, but <laughs> we could. I can't. I won't speak for Ren, but I could talk about this for another seven hours. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I could also talk about how great Ellen Cumming is for like probably literal days. So it's it's good that we, we stop this here. Like um, by icon, to be honest. So as a bi person, I was just like, oh, and Alan Cummings in it. Um. Um, But thanks so much for coming on this uh, show again. Uh, You can obviously, as always, find Worst Bestseller at all of the places you know where to find Worst Bestseller. Worst Bestseller with no S on Twitter, WorstBestsellers.com, et cetera, et cetera. I'm at 14 across. Ren, where can people find you? They can find me on Twitter very sporadically at Ren Parker, W-R-E-N Parker. That is me. Excellent. Thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.